This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, November 26, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. The Heller case gave gun rights advocates a solid victory, but it shouldn't be taken as a final victory. That from Brian Doherty, author of the new Cato book, Gun Control on Trial. In it, he details what led up to the biggest gun case in at least 70 years and its immediate aftermath. D.C. was extremely reluctant to uh, react to the Heller decision. Of course, they were ordered by the Supreme Court that their uh, complete ban on usable uh, uh, weapons in the home uh, was a violation of the Second Amendment, and it had to stop. But they were were slow to grant their citizens this right. Um, The first thing they tried to do was uh, maintain their extremely eccentric definition of machine gun, which of course remained banned even after Heller, to include any weapon that could even in theory accept a clip with more than 10 rounds. This pretty much meant that only revolvers or single-shot derringers could be legally registered in D.C. even after Heller. Uh, They also were continuing uh, to maintain that you couldn't really load your legally registered weapon uh, unless you were under imminent threat, Uh, basically, until some intruder had crossed your threshold, it would have been illegal uh, to load your gun. Uh, This actually caused uh, Dick Heller, the uh, winning plaintiff in the Heller case, to uh, feel that his rights had not been completely vindicated and to uh, file another lawsuit against D.C. In the face of this and in the face of congressional pressure, the federal Congress was uh, contemplating uh, overturning D.C.'s gun laws on its own. D.C. finally grudgingly gave in in mid-September and now citizens in D.C. can legally register and keep loaded in their home uh, any uh, pistol, including a semi-automatic pistol. You talked about uh, gun rights advocates perhaps declaring this a final victory. That is, the Heller case is a sort of do your high fives and go home and uh, in some sense quit working on behalf of, uh, of gun rights issues. And you say that that is a risk. Why is that a risk? The Heller case decided a very narrow issue. Um, D.C.'s gun laws were the <clears throat> harshest in the nation. They amounted to a complete ban on usable guns. So the letter of the Heller decision, uh, while the most important thing it did was establish officially from the Supreme Court that the Second Amendment does indeed protect an individual right unconnected with membership in a state militia. This question had been controversial in the courts and in legal academy for uh, many decades, but now that's been settled. Uh, However, uh, Scalia's majority opinion lists many gun regulations that he considers untouched by the Heller decision, uh, including regulations on the type of person who is legally able to own a gun, uh, on the type of guns that one is legally able to own, uh, the the conditions of, of the sale of guns. So there's an incredibly wide range of issues regarding gun control that are not in any way settled by Heller. And in fact, uh, Heller, far from being, uh, you know, the conclusion of our country's many, many decades long fight over the question of gun control is really just the beginning of a new chapter in it. In fact, the very day Heller uh, decision came down, uh, the NRA and some other gun rights people filed a bunch of lawsuits against Uh, similar gun bans in various Illinois cities and in San Francisco public housing. So we're going to see a lot more legal action, a lot more political action over the gun control question. The NRA uh, chose not to advertise uh, this book. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yes. um, The NRA did not think that uh, filing this case was a good idea. Back in 2003, Uh, 
Uh, the Heller case was originally called the Parker case after one of the plaintiffs who was uh, booted off the case for a very eccentric uh, definition of legal standing. The NRA uh, didn't think the case had a good enough chance of winning, and they felt strategically for the larger gun rights issue that it would be worse for the cause of gun rights if the Supreme Court authoritatively stated that the Second Amendment does not protect an individual right, that that would be worse than just leaving the matter alone for a while. Uh, Robert Levy and his team, who uh, chose to file the case, thought that no, now is the time that someone had to take the Second Amendment fight all the way, and as it turned out, they were correct. The NRA tried various means to to derail the Parker and Heller case as it went along, but it, uh, but it, it should be noted that uh, in the end, the NRA did become a very good and very dedicated friend of this case. They put together a very influential amicus brief at the Supreme Court level, which they got a majority of members of Congress, both uh, House members and Senate members, to sign on to it. They got Vice President Cheney to sign on to it. They brought their resources to bear. And in the end, the NRA was a very good friend to the case. But they they had strategic differences along the way. And uh, I believe, given that the NRA seems to have made the decision that they want to emphasize uh, the happy ending to the story of their involvement with the Heller case, that they seem a little less eager to have the whole story of what happened every step of the way told, and I do tell that story in my book. You mentioned Vice President Cheney. He signed on to a uh, an amicus brief in his capacity as president of the Senate. The Bush administration is filing with the court. It's yeah. just, just baffled a lot of people. Right. Uh, Bush was understood to have been a uh, friend of the Second Amendment. Uh, his first attorney general, John Ashcroft, uh, back in 2001, was very excited by the uh, the Emerson case, which was a lower circuit case prior to Heller, which was the first federal circuit court case to also declare that the Second Amendment protected an individual right. So most people expected the Bush administration to be an enthusiastic supporter of the Heller case. But in fact, they sent their solicitor general Clement to argue before the Supreme Court against upholding the appeals court decision. The the, the reason, uh, as with many things in politics, there, there may have been many forces at work, but as I came to understand that the largest concern of the Bush administration was that they thought that the appeals court decision in Heller's favor, written by a Judge Silberman of the D.C. Circuit, went a little too far in that his language about once you've established that something is an arm that completely banning its use was illegitimate under the Second Amendment, the Bush administration was afraid that this could be used to overturn the federal ban on new machine guns, and they wanted to protect that ban. So Clement, uh, in his arguing before the Supreme Court, uh, actually argued for the idea that the Second Amendment was an individual right, uh, but argued against the specifics of Silberman's appeals court decision um, in the hopes that the Supreme Court would not make such a broad reading of the Second Amendment that it would overturn uh, the federal ban on machine guns. And in fact, the eventual Scalia decision in Heller uh, did not in any way impact that federal ban. Was there any been any uh, radical change in your thinking about uh, about either the Second Amendment or this case or, or the uh, cultures that... Uh that uh, smashed together in this case? I, I came in with, with a general libertarian presumption in favor of uh, Second Amendment rights and weapons rights. Um, it had not been an issue of great personal passion to me before launching on this project. I was not what you would call a gun person. I did not own any guns. I'd fired a gun maybe a handful of times in my life. But in, in the course of researching this book and getting to know 
gun people a little better and getting to understand uh, the reasons, both uh, sort of personal and philosophical, that they had for valuing uh, the rights contained in the Second Amendment or protected by the Second Amendment uh, so highly. Um, I did come to consider this whole issue more important than I used to think, and I, in fact, uh, purchased uh, my own first uh, first handgun in, in the course of uh, writing this book, and I, I'm glad I did. I did become convinced uh, that there is a responsibility that the government is incapable of taking care of for you and and uh, doesn't profess to take care of for you to begin with uh, to provide for defense and protection for your own home and family. And that's really at the root of all of this. I mean, the plaintiffs in this case, the lawyers in the Heller case, weren't doing this out of some platonic desire to only protect the Constitution. They didn't believe that gun rights were important just because the Second Amendment said we should have gun rights. They believed they were important because they get to the root of one of the the basic values of of a liberal society, which is that people should have the ability and the freedom to defend themselves. That's a core human right, and uh, laws like DCs and laws that approach DCs in severity really impinge on people's abilities to defend themselves, and that's just an illegitimate thing for government to do, regardless of what the Constitution might say. Uh, fortunately, in America, we do have a Constitution that uh, that does lay out uh, and uh, protect that right, and uh, that was something that courts had been denying for years, but thanks to the efforts of the people whose story I tell in Gun Control on Trial, that has been firmly established on the federal level, and it's a good thing for all Americans, whether or not you personally want to own a, a weapon. Brian Doherty is author of the new Cato book, Gun Control on Trial. He's also a senior editor at Reason Magazine. You can buy your copy of the book at Cato.org.